<laughs> the party is the experience is the people is the is the music is the all the things that are going on it's just ongoing you're gonna be, find yourself in the stands and the dj is gonna play something you're gonna start dancing and and the people it's just it's it's the environment is very much this is a party so the party will consume me it will consume you and you will become it and then however you express yourself via working out or dancing will be the display In partnership with The Morning Chalk Up and part of The Morning Chalk Up Podcast Network, this is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am your host and the Clydesdale. My friends are Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie, and Kat Shear. We are here to bring you the best interviews with the biggest personalities in the fitness world and CrossFit from all over the world. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and write a review. It's such a big help to our podcast. And with that, we're on to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. RX Mark Your Jump Ropes, the best jump ropes in the business. Our title sponsor and such great support from them. You can get your RX Mark Your Jump Ropes by going to rxmarkier.com. At checkout, use Clydesdale15, all caps, and you can get 15% off your order. Uh, you can buy jump ropes of any color, shape, size, uh, the handles, you can make those whatever you want. You can get the cable at different weights um, and different lengths depending on your height. So check it out at rxmarkier.com. Use Clydesdale15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. That does exclude new additions, new arrivals and special editions. But check that out. Uh, it's a great deal. In addition to that, they're also supporting our hashtag road to a thousand. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast, and you have a public profile, every time we hit the century mark with subscribers, we're giving away a brand new RX Mercury jump rope. And Dave Newman, the owner of the company, has promised to throw in a couple extras uh, for that winner. So make sure you go over, subscribe and uh, you have a public profile and me, you may be our next winner. Hey everyone, I got a secret to tell you. There's this really cool company out there called Element 26. We have partnered with them um, and they have some of the coolest equipment on the market for us CrossFitters, lifters, um, strongmen. Uh, so one of the products they have is thumb tape. It is like the best thumb tape on the market. It is flexible and it moves with you. Um, and it is very tacky and sticky. So great thumb tape. Another one of the products that I use and I love are their grips. They are chocolate grips. They are rubberized. And I'm a Clydesdale, right? I'm big. This helps me stick to the bar. I don't move. I can hang for a very long time as a big man with these on my hands. Uh, great for farmer's carries. Um, even my hands are big enough. I can even use these on a barbell if I want to deadlift. Just saying. No chalk, super sticky. Gotta love them. Uh, their website is element26.co. That is element26.co. Go check them out. So many cool products. We're going to keep showing you what they have over the next few weeks, but you have got to check this place out because they are constantly innovating um, and see what they have to offer. Um, little hint, check out the belts. They got a really cool concept with the belts. 
Um, you know that Velcro that always pops? They have a solution. So go check that out, element26.co, element26.co. All right, so we're here with Jeremy Teal. You are the director of the Fittest Experience, founder and director probably is, is a better title, right? Yes. So thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. And uh, you're, you're kind of busy right now at this time of year. What's, uh, what do you got cooking? Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing because um, whenever you're in the, the storm of it, you know, in the sense that you're actually involved with whatever you're doing, but when you're in preparation and planning, so much of it is, um, you know, it, you're creating it in your mind, you're writing it down on paper, you're organizing the pieces of the puzzle, um, and then you have to be able to see it in, in your mind's eye and all that stuff. So um, you, you, people could look at you and be like, well, you know, what are you up to? And it's like, well, you're, you're extremely busy, but you're not doing, you're prepping and planning. Uh, yeah. And so um, that's unique in the sense of uh, what season we're in, because we're really about, you know, five months or less out from the, the competition, the physical competition. We have a virtual competition coming up in, you know, less than four weeks, and then we'll move to the physical competition and things will start to move pretty rapidly there. But uh, yeah, so, so busy in the sense of planning. Yeah. So Jeremy, take us back a little bit to the history of um, the fittest experience. I know it's been around quite a long time and I've only sort of been a part of it for just a year. So there's a lot of history there that I don't even know about. And I'm sure folks that are listening probably don't even realize just how how everything started. So let's talk a little bit about that origin story, if you will. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, the fittest experience uh, was really built off of my past history leading up to my exposure to CrossFit and then post the first CrossFit games. And so um, my background in college, I was in triathlons and um, that's how I got into triathlon sport um, in college, I wanted to do something different. So I started doing triathlons with the club sport at uh, Texas State University. And I became the vice president of the club over time. And we hosted a fundraiser, which was a triathlon, a sprint triathlon, 500 meter swim, 12 mile bike, 5k run. You had to set up the, you know, all the structures and, and organize and prep and get the registration. And so I really fell in love in, with events production in in college I just loved the chaos and organizing it and so I did triathlons for years and then when I found CrossFit in 2005 I loved putting together workouts and organizing that aspect of it I'm gonna stop me... you right there I'm gonna stop you right there 2005 yeah like talk about OG like that was <laughs> what, was it just the journal at that point it was on the internet like how how did you start CrossFit in 2005 yeah. So, so really, you know, CrossFit as a, you know, CrossFit in the lab with coach Glassman and what he was formulating and producing for his athletes and all that, you know, happened years prior, but as the internet, you know, from 1999, 2000, 2004 is really was in the bubble of coach Glassman and his athletes. And then when it bubbled out, whenever the first affiliate reached out in 2004 um, from Seattle and formed the, to ask to become the first affiliate of this training program. So that launched the certification, the education, the affiliation. So fast forward from 2004 to 2005, when I found CrossFit in August of 2005 via my friend, Lance Cantu, who eventually became a level one instructor. He was a Marine. He introduced me to CrossFit. So I found uh, it very 
uh, appealing because I came from a world of strength conditioning. Um, I did uh, Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, uh, speed and agility with high school athletes, and also did triathlon. So I had this world of doing a lot of different functional sports prior to that being a thing. And so when I saw CrossFit, it made sense to me right away. Um, and so when I found it in August of 2005, there was probably about eight affiliates at that time. It was a very new thing. And then my sister, Carrie Kepler, who co-founded CrossFit Central with me, uh, we, she was a personal trainer in Austin and she worked one-on-one -on -one with individuals. Boot camps was starting to become a real popular thing at this time. And I said, Carrie, let's go to this level one certification and become a CrossFit affiliate. And we can pay $500 to do that and get certified. Um, and so we went to Golden, Colorado in December or November of 2005. We walked in and uh, it was just amazing experience. The who's who of that time, uh, which was .com, was CrossFit Santa Cruz, was... Um, Greg Amason, um, Annie, Nicole, Eva, um, all the who's who, Josh Everett, all those, Coach Bergner were there, you know? And so uh, we walked in and, and in a flash of a second, um, I said, this, this is what we're gonna do and this is gonna be the future of what fitness is. And, and, you know, I knew it, not everyone else around me knew it, but I saw it and I was like, we're gonna do this. So that was December of 2005. And so the sport of, of CrossFit, the sport of fitness didn't exist yet. Uh, we were just doing workouts for time. Um, and so in the summer of 2007, probably the spring, late spring of 2007, on.com, a PDF appeared uh, with the images and said, you know, people are going to be gathering in aromas to barbecue, drink beer and work out. And so I said, Oh, uh, to my head coach, one of my good friends um, at our gym at the time, I said, hey, let's go to this. And the following weekend was a level one cert at CrossFit Santa Cruz because they would position certifications around it. So, hey, let's hang out. Let's do this competition thing, whatever it is, this barbecue. And then we'll stay in Santa Cruz for a week, have a vacation, and then do a level one cert uh, because we wanted other coaches to go. And, and so I went to the first CrossFit Games and uh, – it, it was another one of those. So in 2005, my mind was blown. In 2007, it really took me to the final day because we did four workouts. And um, the final day we did um, CrossFit total. And, you know, there was uh, James Fitzgerald. There was um, Josh Everett. There was Chris Spieler and a handful of other guys. And we were about to do, and I grew up powerlifting. So I was into it. But these guys were treating it like what I was, like a regional or state level. I went to regionals of powerlifting. These guys were getting so fired up about this event. And it, it, a light switch flipped. I was like, this isn't just a barbecue for fun. These guys are trying to win. And I was there to participate. Uh, and so I was like, it, another light bulb went off, light switch. And um, I said, hey, uh, this is a real sport. I can do this. And so I ended up being like in sixth place or seventh place at the first CrossFit games. Cause there's about 35 of us men doing it and, um, and I had decent fitness. And so whenever I did that in, um, July or August of 2007, I said, well, I have experience putting on triathlons. So why don't we put on a competition talking to Carrie like this CrossFit games? And she said, you know, she was down for whatever, let's do it. 
So in 2008, in March, April, and May, we put together a three-part competition and we only did one workout a day. So like the first one, we went to Houston, we did a total uh, Ripito when Ripito was a part of um, the certifying team and whatnot. Uh, we went to Houston. He was the judge for the CrossFit total. We did that. Uh, we went to, we came back to Austin. We did an event here. It might've been four events. I, it, I'm thinking now it might've been four total events, but I can't recall exactly, but we did, we did them like over the course of months. And then the winners that um, did the most events got a ticket to go to 2008, uh, a flight and we paid for the entry because you could just enter because there was no qualifiers to go. So that was the first year we held the fittest at the time was called the fittest games qualified you in our mind to go to the CrossFit games. So oh, cool. Yeah, so that that was real origin, and there and I know I was um, at the um, I know the uh, Hearts of America HOA just happened mm -hmm. this past weekend, and they say you know their event was the first. They say uh, so one of their kinds of say this ours was the first you know competition outside of the games. Said so, well theirs was the first team competition, which theirs is a team competition ongoing, and I don't know what year they started. Maybe eight or nine, maybe nine. Uh, and we started in 08, the first individual, because we didn't start a team uh, portion because the team side didn't really exist at the, it was individuals working out at the games and your collective score was your team score. It wasn't like a four person team back then. Right. Um, there was the affiliate cup. And so um, I didn't have comprehension of two men, two women competing, doing team competition yet. Um, and so from this point, I believe ours was the first individual competition outside of the CrossFit Games um, to ever begin, you know, the sport of functional fitness. And so that was the origin. We started out, we had like 35 people start, and then it just started to steamroll. And, you know, I'm a business owner, entrepreneur, and I've never in the history of business ever done anything that naturally grew exponentially without me trying to grow it uh, so and and so it's like okay we'll we'll do this in 2008 in 2009 and again the years get a little blurry for me but um they introduced i believe in 2010 um it was a pre before they had the online open they had the uh sectionals then you had regionals then you had the games and so that year, I believe that was 2010, we hosted, instead of the fitness experience, we actually hosted a sectional for CrossFit Inc. Um, and uh, before they launched the Open. And so we did it in 2008, 2009, and then in 2010. And then 2011, we brought it back to um, our gym and hosted it. Um, then 2011, 2012, we started going offsite because the event was getting too big. Because in 2011, it was funny here because um, someone asked me, goes, are you doing the fittest games this year for this experience? I was like, oh, yeah, that's in, it's in like 10 weeks. We need to do it. We need to put the registration up. And literally, we put out the day, I put up registration, and in like 48 hours, it was sold out. Mm. And I hadn't planned anything. Um I, I hadn't planned where we're doing it, what the workouts, nothing. And it sold out literally in two days. And I was like, holy crap, we got to figure this out. So we put it all together uh, and it was a great event and um, really structured and organized. Like, you know, it was 
great event. And, uh, and that just pushed us to the next year in like 2012, we went to another venue an offsite venue. Cause there's too many people. Cause this actually spectators started coming and we said, Oh, we can make some money. Let's charge like 15 bucks for spectator tickets, 10 bucks. And, um, and so we had an offsite event, the event sold out again in record time, 24 hours, it sells out. And then the night before we had like 200 people signed up for spectating. And then at nine o'clock that night, spectator tickets sold out at 900. And wow. nobody like had spectators buying tickets at an event. And we literally were probably out over capacity by tenfold. <laughs> like and, and we were in this place and people that were there, uh, Asia Bartow, who was a games athlete, competed, a lot of athletes, uh, uh, Chase Ingram, uh, the MC or uh, now, or not MC, but broadcaster, they were there. And we were in this warehouse on the east side of Austin before the east side of Sixth Street was developed. And um, there was one door to get out of this space. And we were, we were working out and every so often I'd check and see if the door was there, if I had to get out of this room <laughs> because there were so many people in it and there were so little amounts of exit. So anyways, those are some um, early days. Um, so it just moved, we moved it from these venues back. We had a downtown location. Years like 13 and 14 were epic years. We were in downtown Austin. We still, we had thousands of people coming to watch the event, which was, it was positioned in January. You know, the at this open, point, at this point, had you start to expand your divisions at all, or are you still just individuals? No, we had brought on teams. We were now like by 2011, we were doing teams, um, 2012, 13, 14, we had teams. We were allowing like 25 teams. Um, and we had uh, capped it around like 350 athletes. Um, so it would top out about 500 people would come, um, mm -hmm. competitors. And, uh, and uh, yeah, we would just do it. And in 2014, we realized like, so the fire marshal showed up and they said in 2014, they said, um, what permits do you have to be doing this? I said, this is private property. Like we can do whatever we want. And they go, no, you can't. <laughs> that park across the street is a public park and you have, 200 people the athletes village was in the public park and you have no food vending like uh permits you have no like you can't do this without permits and so by the grace of god for some reason they let us continue with the event but they said next year you got to come get permitting from the city because we were it was outdoors so there was no real fire um issues that year they, they uh, wanted they needed to get paid you were yeah, you were making needed, money <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we need we need some of that yeah. So, so that was kind of the first, it grew, grew over the first, you know, um, seven years to this, you know, grassroots event that um, kind of the best people in the region and all the folks that wanted to compete would come to. Um, and, and it was pretty phenomenal, pretty awesome experience. And so another part of things that people might not realize is that, um, a lot of the early media people that worked for CrossFit HQ over time um, came from our event and from our uh, mm. operation. So like Dave Ray uh, is a photographer for the CrossFit Games in years past. He was on team, you know, whenever the shakeup with media, he was one of our 
athletes, one of our original athletes, and he was one of our photographers and he got connected and became friends with Dave Castro and um, Jonathan Haynes, who is in charge of uh, media on the social media side of CrossFit Games. He was uh, one of our, he was our lead media production for the fitness experience and at CrossFit Central. And then um, the Schrocks, um, Elliot Schrock was a media producer early on, uh, content video creator in the early days that eventually went on to work at HQ. Um, so we had this little um, bubble of creation. And it was one of those times when it was like, it was special. And you knew you were in a really special time. And it was like before the band really became the band, um, the CrossFit really became the sport. So Anyways, that, that's really like up into 2014, that was kind of like the fullest of the grassroots because it was probably in 2014 when we introduced what we called then the lottery. You had to do an online portion. It wasn't a qualifier. It was like to get your ticket in line. So we would organize you. So you had the first wave to buy your ticket to the event um, because it would sell out so fast. We had to modulate how fast registration uh, would open up so they wouldn't crash the servers or in four minutes it was sold out and you didn't get your spot. So we would modulate that with the lottery and all that. And that was kind of a follow up. The open was going on now and we wanted to see how could we do something like that as well. And so, um, yeah, that, that's the early days of what we were doing with the, uh, you know, the event. I don't know if that was, um, that was um, perfect. Yeah, no, that gives us an idea. And it sounds like a lot of people were sort of using your competition to cut their teeth, you know, onto bigger and better things with, with the sport as well. So that's, yeah, that's kind of a cool position to be in. And, and this competition is really kind of a family affair as well. You have a, a pretty large family. Talk a little bit about how you guys work together and, and, you know, have evolved as a, just a, a huge presence and unit, you know, for that competition. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, me and my sister, Carrie Kepler started CrossFit Central together. And then uh, both of us are former games athletes. Uh, we both competed and placed third at one point in the CrossFit Games. I placed third in 2008 and Carrie placed third in 2009. And then our team, um, really, we had a team presence at the CrossFit Games for, you know, a good seven to eight years where our team was, uh, you know, in top 20 almost every year where we would go out and compete and if not in the top 10. Um, so we just had a culture of competition. And then uh, my brother um, has always been a part of um, our team at the gym and he's um, always been one of our pad leaders and operators. And then my sister, Amy, so there's five siblings. Um, and, um, and my sister, Amy does all back in financial operations and execution. And then my sister, Kelly, um, usually either competes and this year she was actually a judge uh, and my niece uh, Savannah mm -hmm. who's a teenager you know she's 15 um, was a judge this past year and she's grown up with the event as well and then my brother-in-law is the DJ so he Carrie's, Carrie's husband, husband right? yeah yeah Carrie's husband DJs and he's been DJing for uh, probably the whole time I don't honestly think there's not been a year in in 13 years that he hasn't DJ the event. And so um, he's the DJ. And then uh, my wife, um, you know, now we have children, but she would always compete or be a sponsorship uh, director, sponsor director in years past. Um, 
and, and all that. So yeah, the family is is involved in all the kind of inner workings of the event. And of course we have a much larger team than that, uh, but those are definitely uh, parts of it. And so from the origin, even that, you know, my father is a family farmer. And so my dad works with his sister and brother and, and has worked for 50 years with them on the family farm that his parents started. And so this is kind of an iteration of the family farm, if you will, just a little bit different type of work. So I have a quick question for you. <clears throat> As a grassroots competition that grew out of really just hard work and, and, a, and a community, how do you keep the charm of that grassroots competition now that you have expanded and blown up over the last several years? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the, uh, the heartbeat, the culture, which our uh, theme this year is Heart of Hearts, is the, uh, the culture of the event and the atmosphere that we create and the core tenets of what we do um, is paramount to our production. And so there's two sides that the way I mainframe this is uh, on one side is the very strict and organized process that we create for the athletes to have a world-class experience. So that's very fundamental in what we do. So operations and structure is critical. On the other side is that it's a party. So after you set the table, you can have a party. And, and if you have a party without the structure, you're not gonna have a great event. And so um, with that, um, uh, you know, we breathe life into that through the party. And that is the music, the MCs, uh, the, the vendors um, experience, um, the, uh, you know, attitude of our event. And so um, we just create and curate an experience that is uh, abundantly positive, uh, low drama, and, um, and, and let it take its course. So I think that it's the people and the vision that we put in place that keeps it continuing to be what it is. And I tell you too, that to take credit for it, um, I can only take the credit for so much. Uh, there is something so unique about our event and how it has become what it is. I can't tell you, we have at years that aren't COVID, we have 3000 people show up to watch people exercise. Um, our vendors sell everything that they have and they're blown away by how much the, and I, people just come to buy. And it's this crazy phenomenon that I honestly can't take 100% credit for. So I definitely want to say that there is a unique uh, thing that happens here that, you know, being entrepreneurs, like you got to promote and sell. This thing naturally has this creation that is just uh, very magical and powerful unto itself. Yeah. And, and for me who, you know, I've been a part behind the scenes of a lot of different events and there really is just a different vibe there. And it's, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, and I, I found myself last year, you know, being a part of it a little bit too wound up for it. Do, do you know what I mean? Like I was expecting something different and it, there's just something calming about being there. And maybe it's because I'm from the Northeast and this is in the South, you know, there's a little bit of a different speed happening there. But it's very palpable, the culture and the, the sort of chill um, of the event, which I, I thought was super refreshing. 
And so you have, you have like every division under the sun, right? You have individuals, pro, RX, intermediate, uh, scaled. You have teams, same divisions, all of the masters and teens groups. I'm coming down for the first time in 2022. How do I get the best seat in the house and how do I see all the action that's going on? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think that the, depending on who your athlete is and, and, and it's very targeted to the affiliate, the community supporting the athlete. And, um, and so we are set up in stage for the following of your athlete from pad to pad to pad. We are probably one of the first events because we are the first event, but to have multiple pad sites. And so what's unique that we have three pad sites um, and, and you can partition your flow of your event to each pad. And again, with the structure of our event, with the understanding the fluidity of when things are happening and where they're happening um, is very intentional. And so uh, pre-game day, you know, we have the heat sheets and the timelines and the communication that's put out and we really are wanting to create an experience um, that you can follow your athlete. Um, and then on the overall arching, um, we've always put a tremendous amount of um, capital into media. Um, our social media, our video uh, is uh, constantly giving you updates and information about what is happening, where it's happening and how it's happening. So from our Instagram handle to our stories, uh, what we're putting out, our emails are very informative on how to, you know, come about and do, you know, the, the fittest experience. So, you know, really you got to come and I imagine there's a little bit of mind mapping that has to occur when you get the flow of the, of the space. Um, but we have a phenomenal venue uh, where we're doing it is, is this like indoor, outdoor, um, you know, show barn, barn, you know, it's a Texas uh, type of vibe. Uh, show barn, uh, but it's over 75,000 square feet of covered space plus outdoor space. So there's a tremendous amount of space for you to, to experience, you know, the event. And you have all the proper permits now? Uh, well, yeah, you know, the unique thing now we use a venue. So the venue uh, supports all <laughs> that we do and it's no longer um, city uh, managed. So that makes it a lot easier. So tell us about the venue, the venue, the where, the when, give us sort of the details of the, the in-person event. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm going to pull up my calendar just so I make sure I get everything accurate sure. and right. Um, so yeah, well, so where, where we're at currently is in the qualification process. So you have to register to qualify. You register as an individual, you can select your division. We have a, an array of divisions that you can qualify for. Um, from individuals to teams. And I, I do have a special announcement that I'll be making on this podcast um, about what's coming, which we're super excited about. But the first way to get into our event is our online qualifier, which kickstarts on October 19th. And there's three workouts, three events that are released on that first uh, week. It's always different the way we release them. There's no real choreographed process that they're going to come out over you know that evening, every hour, every 30 minutes day by day, but you're going to get access to the three events for week one. And then, um, the scores will be, uh, need to be posted. Uh, I won't say the exact, I believe it's Monday by 7 PM might be midnight. 
And then the following week, uh, going through November 2nd, will be the following week. So we're um, from October 26th to November 2nd is our online qualifier, which will be six events over a two-week period. And then that will get you a qualifying spot. We're qualifying 815 people into our event this year. So uh, it's not our maximum that we've ever had, but it's not. Last year, we pulled it down to 620, 640. So, so we'll be up again a couple hundred people. Uh, but the new exciting announcement that we're doing uh, this year, we are going to be launching the Fittest Experience Throwdowns that will be coming to a box near you. We are mm -hmm. opening up for the first time, um, and this hasn't been done. Uh, this has been done before uh, by another large event that we're probably familiar with. But we're going to be starting with the state of Texas. Uh, we're going to have five locations, but this is the uniqueness of the TFX throwdowns is that they will be host at venues all across the state of Texas, and they will be qualifying in a division that we have never served up to this point is a scaled team division. So this year we're going to be uh, qualifying uh, intermediate and scaled teams. Now the intermediates have an opportunity to qualify through our online qualifier, but we're going to open up five more spots for intermediate teams, and we're going to be opening up 10 scale team division spots that can only be earned through TFX throwdowns. So those will be coming at the latter part of uh, November all across the state of Texas. Once we uh, lock in this model, uh, we're going to be launching it state by state over the course of the next two to three years, where eventually it would become national qualifying through physical throwdowns. I imagine it will evolve over time. But that will be coming in, the announcement of that will be in the next 10 days, the venues, the locations, and how that process is going to work for people to actually have an online opportunity to qualify and then an in-person four intermediate and scaled teams, five intermediate, 10 scaled, and the scaled will be the first time we ever had a scaled team division. So that's really exciting. Um, so we're super stoked about that. We've been trying to figure a way to... Uh, you know, grow our, uh, what we call our collective, um, because really personnel is the biggest challenge in this, in having the judges, the managers, the athlete controllers to plug in, to support a very large event. And we felt this was the best way to get partners involved with us, because the exciting part about that is uh, it's a shared revenue uh, model. So these five boxes, and in the future, we'll be able to earn a shared revenue, we'll be releasing all that, what that revenue dollar amount will be. But the majority of revenue will go to the box host. We will support them with uh, banners and the registration and all that support and promotion and marketing to get those events filled up for them. So it's a very exciting uh, partnership and growth and helping grow um, our judges and support teams to come to our physical competition, which this year where we've pegged and where we've been traditionally for years um, is the last weekend of January, which is the 28th, 29th, and 30th of January. And that will be the physical competition. Uh, in previous last year, we had um, a virtual version of a workout before the physical event. If that is the case this year, which is unknown, uh, we will be making that prior to registration, that information. So people that are registering, they know when and what and how they're gonna be doing what they're doing. But for now, we do know that 28th, 29th and 30th will be the actual physical competition. 
in 2022. And the name of that venue is what? That is the Wilco. It's the Williamson County Expo Center. And that is in Taylor, Texas. And it's uh, a little bit north of Austin, uh, but it's a great, great venue. Super fun. So did you guys miss a year with COVID or? So it's not? very, very unique in the sense that uh, this is another tip that I've never shared publicly. So this is what I will say is always listen to your gut. And that is, you know, a quote unquote saying. So in 2019, May of 2019, we had the biggest fitness experience to date. We had a thousand competitors. We had David Goggins. We had uh, Jim Hensel. We had uh, Jason Khalifa. It was a blowout event, massive. Um, we had um, gigantic. And so after May, we had an event production team that was working with us that year and going into 2020. And uh, for some reason, my gut was telling me, this is too much. And I was going like, this is the best year we've had. And I was dragging my feet and my event production team was saying, we need to get everything rolling. We need to make deposits for 2020. So I'm not feeling it. And they're going, what do you mean you're not feeling it? A, you're under contract. And B, <laughs> it's coming. And I said, nope, we're canceling. I had to make a decision to cancel 2022. And I had no evidence of any reason why I should other than my gut. And after being an entrepreneur for um, 16 years, one commitment I made after making a huge blunder, uh, probably like five years prior to that on when my gut was telling me no, and I didn't, I did it anyways, I said, I'll never do that again. And so at that moment, I canceled the 2020 event. And that was absurd. That was in September uh, that was like eight weeks prior to our online qualifier. Oh no, mm -hmm. we moved it into January. So no, we had time and I canceled it. And we had to send out a message and tell everybody. And um, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life anymore because <laughs> <laughs> it takes up so much time for real. And, uh, and then in January, there's rumors of this pandemic coming in February. It seemed like it was getting worse. And then in March, the whole country shut down. And all I was doing was sitting there going like the fittest experience would have been in eight weeks, May of 2020, it right. would not have happened. Yeah. So by the grace of God, listening to my gut, we canceled 2020 on a hunch. That was it. And wow. And so we did not have a physical competition in 2020. And then I started going, oh my goodness, we can come back with the virtual competition in the fall of 2020 and host the event in January of 21. And if, it, if the pandemic is still going on, we'll move it to May. Mm -hmm. We can always move it back. And so we relaunched the fittest experience in the fall of 2020 and, um, and didn't have a physical event in 2020, but in 2021, that was our physical event. 
which was the venue was perfect. It was an indoor outdoor. There was no walls on the buildings and people were able to come in and, and distance and wear masks and, and do their thing and have a competition. So that's the 2020 story uh, that is heard first here on the podcast. I love it. But, uh, very, uh, very telling. <laughs> you knew what you were doing somehow. Can you go ahead and give everybody your website so they can see the information? I know that like, if you're debating between intermediate and um, beginner or whatever, the, all that information is on your website. Absolutely. Yeah. The fittestexperience.com or the simplest way is just find us on Instagram, go through our bio, click on the uh, link tree and you'll be able to get to our website. And then we have a breakdown in the description of each division, expectations, what you can, should be able to do. Um, be a full, um, you know, um, max versus uh, Metcons and gymnastics movements. So you'll be able to really distill down what division you should compete in. And they can register for the qualifier on there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a link on our bio on Instagram, or you can go through our website. Uh, our Instagram is probably our most utilized uh, platform for communication and, and insight. Um, and the registration link is on our bio link and on our website. Um, you probably can't talk about it, but are there any like special things happening this January that you want to tease or you got some surprises for spectators, athletes? You know, at, at this moment, you know, it's kind of like, I think this year will be uh, unique in the sense that uh, we do have implements that we'll be using this year that we've never used before. Cool. That's exciting. Um, that's going to create a more team dynamic um, um, that will be exciting. Uh, but again, at the same time, our event is very traditional and we produce, you know, tests that overarchingly will find the fittest individual for our event. Um, but, you know, everything's work in progress. Um, and so we have a lot of things that we're currently in conversation about and what we'll be doing. Uh, so stay tuned and it's never uh, uh, uneventful to say the least. So I need one clarification because if anybody likes a party, I like a party. So how, how does that work? Is the event itself like a party atmosphere? Is there something that happens afterward that's a party? I don't want to miss the party. The party is the experience, is the people, is the, is the music, is the, all the things that are going on. It's just ongoing. You're going to find yourself in the stands and the DJ is going to play a song and you're going to start dancing. And, and the people, it's just, it's, it's the environment is very much, this is a party. So the party will consume me. It will consume you and you will become it. And then however you express yourself via working out or dancing will be the display. Perfect. Now I, now I understand it. Now I'm I ready. It. I love it. Well, I can't wait to see what you have up your sleeve. I'm looking forward to seeing what the workouts are for the qualifier, you know, seeing some of my friends trying to, trying to qualify and get in there. Um, and we'll be talking more about this, you know, ongoing for sure. All right. Yeah. Before we go, for sure, um, some awesome things that are happening this year is our charitable give. We're going to be working with Mayhem Missions this year with our online qualifier, and we're working with them 
on an activation on site. So that's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, if it's going to be a workout or whatever it's going to be, it's going to be good. And there might be some mayhem athletes that are going to be present. That's going to be pretty exciting. So uh, you definitely want to know about that. And this year, we really are going big on community and we're doing a $5,000 giveaway for the top community box affiliate that has the most athletes signed up. So it's about $5,000 of equipment from Fringe. And we're also doing a give back program um, this year. So if you have to register for this, if your box register for every athlete over 10 that you register, we're giving 10% back to you at your box. So it's pretty exciting to give uh, funds back. And that's something that we're evolving and growing. Um, but just to continue to pour back into what makes this event possible is the community. And so just doing uh, community gives like that is on the forefront of our mind. And, and so we're going to be adding those in this year. But yeah, it's exciting. So we're, we're, we're looking forward to being able to award that $5,000 gift to the top box affiliate community that brings the most people. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, super generous. Okay, sounds good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. And uh, we're extremely excited. And uh, thanks again. Yeah, I can't yeah, wait. Thanks, Jeremy. Have a good one. Good to meet you. Thank you so much for listening to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends in partnership with The Morning Chalk Up. Please consider giving us a five-star rating and leaving us a review. It really helps our podcast. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.